David Power, you're very welcome to the show, and I'm sure you're a happy man on this Monday afternoon. And uh, firstly, how is the head today after some some great celebrations? I'm sure last night in Red Farnham. Um, thanks, Owen. Yeah, it's a good way to start the week. Definitely, um, we had a good a good Saturday in the sunshine. Got a bit sunburnt and worn out from running up and down. And then, yeah, yesterday it was actually nice to meet up, and it was the first time that. All eight of us were together, um, funnily enough, even though we all did the event. But <laughs> that's the nature of this event. Yeah, and, and such a wonderful event, Dave, such a wonderful history. And maybe before we actually get on to the details of race day on Saturday and how you approach the race, I mean, going into race week, there's a tremendous rivalry and a great tradition, a great tradition with Rafarnham Running Club, Rafarnham WSAF. And then a great rivalry developed over the last decade, really, with TT racers. And if we go back in time and look at the battles that the two teams have had, it's tremendous. I think TT racers, were they going for five in a row this year? Dave, I think they'd won the last four. And of those four victories, Red Farnham had been second or third, I think, one year. And then before that, you know, Rat Farnham had their um, dominant period with, I think, five race wins in total. Am I right there? Yeah, I believe we have five wins. And um, I was looking into some of the history that the, the event started in 2002. So I think next year will be the 20th event. Um, and there's been lots of clubs involved. I think Crusaders have, have done it a lot in Satanta. But um, Rat Farnham has been in 14 of the events that I can see and we've been on the podium 13 times with five wins six seconds and two third places so it has been a record I, I got involved in 2015 um, and was lucky enough we were the first team home but then TT came along and uh, kind of have been our, our rivals ever since then so it's that's that's I've been involved ever since and it's been great Okay, so was it four wins to each team, Dave, going into this weekend? Four for TT over the history of the event and four for at Farnham? Yeah, I think so. I think we've okay. closed ahead then at five and the and TT racers are at four. So, um, okay. yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> well just, just, just like your great rivalries in other sports, it's your Manchester United, it's your Liverpool. And I was only watching Tom Brady last night talk about the great Patriots dynasty in the early 2000s well there's two great um, rivals there and two great um, dynasties and long may that rivalry continue with maybe some new teams coming to the fore as we saw last Saturday as well like East Cork and so on and um, going into the race on Saturday Dave is the team aware of that history and was it very much part of the plan to try and take that title back yeah it's every team it's no matter what the sport's when you have eight people, um, it's a mix of experience and we actually had, I think, four new faces who'd never done it before. So uh, some people have been involved for years and know it and then others are coming to it fresh and are probably coming in, not sure what they're signing up for. And then when they do, when I get them on board, then people realise, oh, there's a bit of pressure. We don't, I don't try and put pressure, but people understand, oh yeah, we're, we're not just going to, we are going to take part and enjoy the day, but we also are relying on each other. And that's the nature of a team. If you play football or hurling or whatever team sport you play, you, you have to come together and you don't win it on your own. You don't lose it on your own either. Like 
it's it's a day of swings and roundabouts and ups and downs and surprises. So um, what I think is amazing that it takes over seven hours of, of racing and it comes down to minutes or seconds or margins after se- after seven hours. And that's how fine it's got in the last few years that you're, you're wondering how can you shave a few seconds here, there, handing over the tracker. Could we, should we be doing it in our hand or should we have a bag or, a, you know, how do you do it? So marginal yeah. gains. Yeah, we're getting to that level. Because it is very much, this is a couple of months planning before the actual race day, isn't it? And say for people that are listening to get some tips for next year and so on, that you really do need to kind of start sending out the messages what four or five months beforehand to get an interest. And it's not just maybe eight people you need because there's always going to be injuries or people maybe, you know, other things just might get in the way. So you need a, a squad, maybe a 10 or 12, and, and starting the process months back, Dave? Definitely, yeah. I, in my head, we need kind of 12 people to put their hand up back in, in the spring or in the winter. And um, at least if we get a group together, you know then people are interested and hopefully you get a few new faces. There's always a bit of uh, arm twisting. There's there's people who are, lots of people in the club who are road runners or wouldn't have ran on the mountains, but you know they have potential and they will probably enjoy it if they give it a crack. So there's a little bit of that. And, and the best way is is to go out and join IMRA, do some of the, the winter league or do some of the Wednesday nights over the summer. So it really can start like the summer. Now is the time if you want to do it next year, get out and do one of the Wednesday evening races or the weekend races. And then you'll figure out, is this for you or not? And you'll get to know people. And it's also a great way of getting into a team because you'll meet other people who are looking for a team. Yeah. Um, coming into race week, Dave, in terms of that team that you've assembled, were you happy that everybody had wrecked the course? Were you happy with the decisions that you and the team has, had made in terms of what runner was going on, which leg? Because there's quite a lot of practice and research involved in terms of the legs. And then there's quite a lot of strategy involved in terms of pairing people up to the right legs. And um, what was that process like for you? Yeah, I think was it two months ago, maybe the, the team entries or the entries open. So you have to actually register the team within a few minutes of it opening. So I did that. That's the commitment. We are going to do it. I have eight provisional names that I put down. Then it becomes real for people and we try and decide what legs will suit people. Some some people prefer running uphill and they're strong running uphill. Some people prefer the more technical descents and will make up a lot of time on descents. And then some people like the flatter stages or the road and the less technical bits. So it actually, it's good to balance out people. Um, but it's also a mix of who's familiar with some of the routes. Obviously the routes nearer to Dublin it's more likely people can, can they get to them or they've ran on them or walked on them before. Whereas I'll be honest, like seven and eight are, are always a challenge because it's in South Wicklow and, you know, it takes a day or half a day to, to even recce it and <laughs> the logistics of getting there. But yeah, um, most people did at recce's. I'll put my hand up and say, I was actually the only one who didn't recce. Um, <laughs> like seven. So I was, I was kind of preaching out of one side of my mouth and doing the other. To be honest, I we ran, I ran out of time, and uh, I was I was relying on memory from three years ago. And I've done plenty of recce's in the past, <laughs> so I was hoping nothing had changed or no trees had fallen down. 
Yeah, and was it a bit like a football final scenario at all, Dave, where did you have to name your starting eight? Was there anybody left out on the bench or was it fairly settled and everybody knew where they were going? I think every captain or anybody who's organised a team for the relay or even any football team or any sport, yeah, there'll always be changes. So a couple of months ago, I put eight names down. It's provisional until even the night before the race. Um, So in the last week we had one change on leg one so that means we had a few couple of people who I was trying to to encourage to do leg one so we were lucky we got um uh, Louis McCarthy who's done the race before and he was able to slot in and do number one but that there's there's a lot of knock-on effects if you move one person you might have to move two or three others to accommodate just depending on what legs it suits so um, I didn't want to move the newer people because they'd wrecked one route and I didn't want to send them off on somewhere uh, different. Uh, I know from a few years ago when we, we did move people around last minute and um, it did cause some challenges for <laughs> navigation. So I was definitely not trying to do that. Um, so yeah, in the end it worked out. We'd know on race week, we'd nobody who got injured, nobody who had any last minute dropouts or panic. So that was, that was a relief to wake up and know we had eight people who were going to be there. Very good. And I'm just looking through the list of names in the Red Farnham team here. And it, it looked like it looks like a lovely balance, Dave, between um, mountain runners and um, fast road runners as well. You've got the likes of Luke McBullen, who had a stormer on leg two, and Kieran, who's a very experienced runner as well. A couple of new names too that, that I mightn't recognize myself. You can bring us through the squad now in a second. And then Laura McDonald, who has been uh, burning up the roads, especially over the last couple of months. She's been low 17s for 5K, I think, 10K PBs. She's been, she had a business house win on the roads as well recently. So it must have been a, a real joy to have Laura um, go on the final leg to bring her home if you needed a fast time. And just the, the question I had on Laura was, were you tempted to put her into any of the other legs or did you feel that, that last leg would have suited Laura, who, from what we've seen, has a fantastic winning mentality. So to have someone like that on the last leg, was it an easy decision for you, Dave? Yeah, Laura, she's in she's in flying form. Um, she's racing loads and she loves racing. And um, we met up a week ago and we did a recce. And that's why I did do leg seven recce, because I, I decided to, to do eight with Laura. Um, leg eight is a, is a 10K um, route to the finish. It's a bit of a climb on grass and track and then the majority is on road um so i knew it would suit laura and she had done it a few years ago but um funnily enough we did the recce and we still got lost so i thought she was going to shoot me and re- resign from the team <laughs> but um she went fair play she went down again actually during the week and recce did a second time and she was really happy and then convinced um that she liked the liked the run and there's a nice descent into the finish so, yeah, we, we knew Laura was going to have a strong finish if it did come down to the wire and we had minutes to make up. And as it turned out, that's what we needed. So it was a bit of a relief to, to have to be handing over the tracker to Laura on, on the last leg. Brilliant. Well, listen, uh, let's get 
to race their self Dave and talk us through the day um, I'm sure lots of people like myself were following it on, online um, Jason was great with doing some updates on social media and that it looked like a beautiful spring day down in, in Wicklow um, the atmosphere looked great lots of things happening throughout the day um, talk us through maybe your own emotions as the day went on um, Louis got off to a good solid start I think did he come home maybe in second place and then Luke got the team at the first place on leg two. Yeah, like it's it starts at 7 a.m. for anybody who, who hasn't been at the start. I didn't actually go to the start, but I, I was there from uh, 8 a.m. At, at leg two. So I, I followed the race all the way through. And to be honest, it's not probably not ideal prep to, to be following a race for six hours <laughs> yeah, and yeah. walking around and burning loads of energy. But the opposite is to stay at home and rest up at home and try and watch it on your phone and to be honest, you really miss out on, it's great fun to follow the race um, and see how it develops and kind of bump into everybody along the way. So I wouldn't, I just couldn't, um, I'd have to get out of actually running it and just, you know, be a, a spectator or a, the captain, but not on the team. But um, yeah, yeah it, was good. it was good to watch Luke. Uh, Louis came in, I think, in second, two minutes behind um, Mark Kerwin from TT. Uh, and then Luke took off, and, and leg two is 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 a good uphill race. Uh, it's a long fourteen or fifteen k through Curtlestown, Crone Woods, and up around Paris Court and Jouse. Um, so Luke did make up a good, he made up a few minutes and came in a couple of minutes ahead uh, to route at leg three up by Doc and Tay. So that was great. And Ruth was new to the team. She's done gale force and adventure racing, so was happy that she she was comfortable running around on the mountains and Brilliant. she had a good solid leg on leg three down into um old bridge and near around with lockdown um but the tt racer girl she she flew down so we were a little bit behind handing over and then we had um greg was up against niall lynch on leg four into glendalock which um i don't think greg greg had run before Greg's done lots of Immer races. He actually hasn't been on the Rat Farnham team before. He's, he's raced with UCD and um, Greg was happy to be on the team. So we knew Greg and Niall would have a good battle. And happily enough, Greg came into Glendalock in first. Um, unfortunately, Niall had um, a fall and an incident on the leg. So that's why TT uh, dropped back then. Um, but Niall was all right in the end, I believe. Uh, yeah, probably down to the heat on the day. Actually, you wouldn't think of it. You, you normally think of rain jackets and cold weather sometimes being up the mountains, but it was a day for water and sun cream and staying out of the shades or out of the sun. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, th thankfully he's all right. But yeah. but it's in a great one way, Dave, that you just never know how a race is going to turn out from a results point of view. You might have the strongest team on paper or the, the four-time champions going for their fifth, but just whatever might happen on the day, whether it, it's a it's just it's a small accident or a bad fall or you know hot weather, somebody going off the route, so many things in this race can affect the outcome and the result. And just you never know the result until that last person gets navigation it's so easy to make a little navigational error and go the wrong way yes. it's so easy to to trip and just you can have a small fall and lose a few minutes or yeah it's there's, there's so many unpredictable uh, elements to it uh, or you're not feeling good on the day and you know you, you you don't perform as you as you might have expected so 
it was great to see Greg coming in and then Ross, who was new to the team, um, doing leg five through Glendalock. Um, he was happy to head off and he didn't know then that he had a good lead. But um, with TT gone out of the reckoning, uh, East Cork turned into our main challengers and uh, they they had a they very strong runners and um, then we're suddenly looking at who's on the East Cork team and where are they going to come in at us. Um, so Ross had a good lead um, coming into Glenmalure. He ran really well, actually. He ran really well through Glendalock and was really happy. Um, and he handed over to Kieran, who's done like six a couple of times. And that's from Glenmalure up up over the top of uh, Schlieveman and down into um, Iron Bridge in Ocrivana. So um, it was... Kieran ahead and uh, again we didn't know what the gap was and the trackers don't always update and there's no phone signal in a lot of those valleys so you can be even though you have technology you really are in the dark I didn't use my phone for most of the day I was just looking over the hill waiting yeah. for somebody to arrive um, so it was not, and by now it was actually pretty hot and there was no wind there was no the air was warm there was no shade so it was a hot day for everybody who was out there um which was an extra element uh, we hadn't really planned for. Um, and then you end up, uh, Dave, against maybe the strongest runner out of the whole field for your leg. I mean, did you start off maybe with a couple of minutes of advantage and then you saw that you had Tim O'Donoghue from East Cork hunting you down? And, of course, we had a great battle with East Cork in the Masters Cross Country in February, I think, and we were lucky enough that day, we just about pipped them by only by about six or seven points. So I'm sure you didn't um, fancy seeing the East Cork jersey again, and especially with someone of the quality of Tim hunting you down. Yeah, I think Tim Tim won the, the Masters cross-country down in Cork. Yeah. So I, I was chatting to him before, and um, he, you know, I had an incident down there that day, so he was reminding me of that, that he, <laughs> he came over to help me out that day. So um He's looking for his jacket back, apparently. So I must look to see if I have a cut an East Cork jacket at home. <laughs> okay, yeah, but, um, yeah. So to be honest, leg seven is the longest leg. It's it's twenty k. Um, it's it's not the hilliest, but because of the length, I suppose there's there's a climb at the start, and then there's a climb after about 13, 14k. So your legs are getting tired by the end of it. So it's it's a it's it's it just wears you out. A lot of it's on road actually, but. Um, I was up against uh, Sean Hare was running with TT and then Tim O'Donoghue was with East Cork. So um, I knew <laughs> I was going to be losing time to whoever I was either chasing or head off. So it turned out we had probably, I knew I had around a 10 minute lead, but to be honest, I'd reckoned before that Tim has the record of I think 73 minutes and uh, I knew I was going to lose at least 10 minutes to him. So I was hoping to hold on till near the end of the finish and at least give Laura um, something to to kind of push out a lead. And I knew Laura would be strong, but I didn't want to be giving her like an awful time of trying to catch up. So yet I, I got to halfway, no sign of Tim. Um, it was getting warm. I, I actually took I took some water with me and I would never normally put a little bottle of water with me, but it was just so hot. I, I knew it would be an hour and 25 or running in the heat. So I was glad I had that. But um, yeah, Tim suddenly appeared after about 13, 14K, which was before I'd calculated uh, he'd catch me. So I knew he, he was flying. I just couldn't stay with him. Uh, yeah. So I was thinking bad for Laura then, but look, I just kept pushing on. And 
like seven has a load of gates. It's uh, it's like a steeplechase. There must be 10 kind of farm gates that you have to either jump over or open the gate, close the gate. <laughs> so how many did you jump over, Dave? And how many did you It was a mix. I was comparing with Sean afterwards, you know, do you, do you take the time to open and close the gate, which can take a few seconds. So I did that because it was actually a breather for three seconds, whereas yeah. half of each gate is, um, was actually tiring. It breaks your rhythm and your legs are getting really heavy by then. So, um, and then to finish, there's a, there's a hundred steps up a really steep through the forest. That's at the last 300 meters. You have to go up this um, really steep hundred steps and that's an, a real lung buster. So um, handed over to Laura and off she went. I knew she had um, a nice park girl chase. Um, it turned out to be four and a half minutes that Laura had to make up. So, you know, over 10K, it's a, it's a lot for anybody to, to try and close down for four and a half minutes. Um, so we hopped in the car and drove on to the finish and said, let's see what happens. And you just have to hope that she comes in. Yeah, and I'm just reading the results page that Rene posted up on the Inver site. And what a run by Laura. Um, if I'm reading this right, I think she was actually the fastest runner of the whole field in 37 minutes, 53 seconds ahead of all the guys. Um, what a performance um, to, bring the, to bring the win home. Um, I don't know, were you talking to Laura afterwards, Dave? Did she, did she mention maybe how or when she realised that she had won it and her feelings just over the last kilometre or two to, you know, yeah, to enjoy that moment yeah, on the finish was, line? She was buzzing, yeah. She was delighted. She, um, she you know, she was... <laughs> She was probably cursing me at the start because, you know, Tim shows up and off, off she goes and she's waiting one minute, two minutes. You know, it's a long, when you're waiting, it's a long time, four minutes. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. So she figured if she could uh, make up ground, that the second half of the race is you pass the dying cow pub. So she was thinking that she could get there. But um, it turned out she saw these Cork um, woman on, on the first big descent and she was delighted and she, she just powered past her. So... Um, she was delighted then and she just kept motoring and it's it is a super time for man or woman it's it's a really serious time over that 10k it's not flat there's um there and it's off road a bit of it so um she had a super time she flew into the finish and it's uh it's not a finish line like any big marathon you do there is no gantry there is no real road marking it's a car park in a pub and there's uh, a lady with a clipboard noting down your time and you kind of you miss the finish line there's a few people who just run and don't know where to stop so Laura flew in and eventually she stopped and realized she'd won so (laughs) and isn't that the beauty of the whole event Dave that you know there's no official championship title there's no big prize fund there's no you know money or anything like that involved it's just a day of pure sport, pure mountain running, just for the joy of it. Um, the whole, you know, team involvement, um, getting the team out, mm-hmm. running together, working, working together, um, going back to, to nature and, you know, everything uh, about sport in the most simple way of just enjoying it and competing it. And, and what a wonderful event. Yeah, like there's 35 teams and if 18, there's eight people on a team, so it's it's over 270 people taking part. And I'm pretty sure, like everybody who came in at the finish and were sitting down at picnic tables and having drinks and food and chatting, whether you came in first or you came in 35th, it looked like everybody was pretty happy to be there and enjoying it and comparing notes and how did it go for you and you know 
jumping gates or jumping rivers or whatever you had to navigate on the way. So it's, it is great. You see lots of friendly faces and even it was nice to hear from other Ratfarnham runners and people who may have been on teams in previous years. And they were delighted to hear that, that we'd done well, but they were also happy to be in their own team and taking part, you know, still and in different, different teams. It's, it's age, there's a mix of youth and experience, but it's a, it's a real mix of ages and a real mix of backgrounds. And I think once people do it, once they, they realise it's a bit special and a bit magic and they generally try and come back. So that's um, that's why I think it's popular. Yeah, brilliant. That isn't. Maybe just to finish off day for our chat today, uh, hopefully there's lots of people listening in that participated in the race or would like to maybe do it next year. What would be your, your top two or three tips as... This year's successful team winning captain. What advice would you give to people, Dave, just in terms of getting ready for next year and whether they're going for a podium or just to have a good, efficient and fun day next year? What have you learned over the years and what's needed to have a good day out? Well, first thing, join IMRA and get out and, and do a race with, with the Irish Mountain Running Association. Um, there's races all over the country all year and that's the best way. Um, no matter what your experience, don't be intimidated. It's 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 really friendly, and it's it's you'll you'll learn how to navigate a bit if you do the Wicklow way. You'll see lots of places you've never probably been, like Shalala in County Wicklow is, is somewhere we all we all know now because we end up there in May every year. Um, I think, but other advice, recce the route, even though I didn't do it. Um, I'll, I'll take my own advice next year. Or maybe I'll get off leg seven and I'll get somebody else to do it. Um, and I think other advice is just keep your eyes open. You don't need GPS and loads of phones and trackers and, you know, technology. Like a lot of it is just learn how learn how to be out and go for a run somewhere that you, you don't know. And times don't really matter in those, you know, if it's 10K, you don't know how long it's going to take you. The condi- conditions can change. Um I, I think the other advice is it, it is about a team and it, it's a unique event where um, you've men and women competing together on the same team um, and it, it brings people together in the club and across the community of kind of mountain runners. So that's what I liked that it, it's, there's a real kind of positive spirit in it and I hope that that continues and people focus on that and kind of, we don't overcomplicate things with rules and making it too really competitive. The race is simple. It's an A to B race. Whoever gets there in the in the fastest time and seven hours hasn't been broken. So maybe in the future someone will, will figure out how to crack the, the sub seven hour barker in the relay. Yeah. And the only thing Dave that I might add to that as well is just not to be intimidated in any way by the trails or by the mountains that if you have been maybe running on the roads for a long time and you haven't been under on the trails that much, all you kind of need is a couple of weeks, maybe just have a transition period over, get out, do a couple of races, as you said. And I think Rafarnham over the years has had a lot of road runners and even track and cross country runners who have made that transition over to, over to the mountains and really enjoyed it and the likes of Louis there Louis started off on the track and the road I think and and Laura as we mentioned who's been burning up the roads um, all winter and spring and there she is 
bringing home the title on the mountains as well. So um, anybody that has been on the roads, you know, d- don't be afraid in the mountains at all. Get out and enjoy it. Um, but listen, Dave, thanks a million for coming on. Just, you know, two days after the race itself and after a night out with the guys last night. Well done to yourself and everybody on the team. And listen, we look forward next year, don't we, to another, hopefully another big battle with TT Racers, East Cork, all the other teams as well, of course, that are going to be, I'm sure, back stronger than ever too. And uh, they have hopefully the recovery goes well. And we look forward to hearing from you soon again. And indeed, we look forward to reading your race reports, Dave, which are always good fun. So thanks a million for keeping us all informed with those two. Yeah, thanks, Owen. And you never know, you, you might be back here next uh, May 2023 to give it a go. Oh, I'd have to do a recce, Dave. I'll have to yeah, I'll take it down to Lake Salmon. So- <laughs> so I don't lose it for you if I get lost because I have been known to get lost in these types of races before and, uh, and so I'd love to do it Dave absolutely listen Dave take care talk to you again thanks on. Well, that's a wrap for this week, everybody. A big congratulations once again to not just Rafarnam WSAF Athletics Club, but to all the teams that were competing in this year's edition. And I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward already to next year. Well done, of course, to Jason Kill and his organising team who did such a great job on Saturday. It's not an easy one to do. It takes an awful lot of time, effort and commitment. So well done to Jason and his team. Um, Jason, of course, is a national champion on the mountains and runs a very successful neuromuscular therapy clinic in Tala as well. So he would be a good man to maybe try and get on the show to help us all keep the injuries away. I'll try and line that one up. Guys, if you do get a chance to pop over to Patreon and if you could make that three euro contribution in month, it would be very much appreciated. Thanks a million, guys, for everybody who has signed up already and for those that are maybe thinking of doing it. In the meantime, guys, enjoy your training, enjoy the hills, enjoy the miles. Everybody, let's get our running gear on. Let's go.